Well, hello, People's Church. How you doing today? Are you doing good? It's good to see you. I'm excited to be in God's house, and I believe success starts on Sundays in God's house, worshiping the King of Kings, hearing the preaching of the word. Somebody's week's going to be better because you started off in church today. Man, I'm excited to preach today. I'm fired up. It's my third time, but I'm getting stronger and stronger. Amen. I'm ready to preach, and I'm excited for our Friends Day coming up on October the 6th. It's going to be a great day uh, to invite friends and family to People's Church, and on October the 6th, as you saw, we're going to have a pumpkin spice lattes, and that's pretty good. Not as good as eggnog lattes. Come on, somebody. Bring the eggnog back. We're getting close to eggnog latte time, but, but until then, we'll settle for pumpkin spice lattes. It'll be absolutely free for your friends and family and for you all, and there'll also be some apple cider, and there'll be uh, donuts absolutely free. It's going to be a great Friends Day, and I'm, I'm most excited not only for you to invite your friends and family, my, for me to invite my friends and family, but we're in this series called Like a Boss, and I believe one of the most important jobs are those who teach our students and educate our students for our students to get an education. And so on this, that Sunday, October the 6th, we have reached out and we called the principal at John Marshall Middle School. And we invited that John Marshall Middle School, all of the teachers, all of the faculty, all of the administration to come to People's Church to be our friends on October the 6th. And the principal said, yes, I would love for us to come. And we said, what well, we want to do, no strings attached, because we're a generous church, we just want to bless your school. So as we say, give us a list of needs that you have at your school, and we want to bless your teachers, we want to bless your school, and so People's Church, we're going to shower financial blessings on John Marshall Middle School on October the 6th, and invest, come on, we believe in investing in our community. We believe in investing in our students, and our kids, our teenagers. We're going to be a blessing. I can't wait for Friends Day, October the 6th, to bless John Marshall Middle School and all the teachers and administration going to be a great, great, great day. I do want to welcome all of our guests. If you're new with us, thanks for taking time to worship at People's Church. So glad you're here at all of our locations. Matter of fact, if you're new with us, we're one church in five different locations. We have one or three in the Oklahoma City metro area, one in Indianapolis, Indiana. Every Sunday, we take God behind bars at our Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility location. And a shout out to all you ladies. We love you at Mabel Bassett Correctional Facility. And believe it or not, thousands of people join us online around the world and worship at People's Church through technology. And so we're just grateful for the influence God has given us to make his name famous. And we're actually in week two of a series called Like a Boss. Like a Boss, finding fulfillment and winning at work. And we want to teach you how to do that here at People's Church. It was a couple of weeks ago. I was in a coffee shop. I, I enjoy a good cup of coffee. And I was in a coffee, coffee shop, and when I walked in, I went to the counter to order my beverage. And as I ordered my beverage and the cashier took my order, was ringing it up, I decided to get in a short conversation with her. And I said to her, I said, how's your day going? How's everything going? She goes, you know what? It's Friday. It's going good. I'm off tomorrow, and it's going good today because it's Friday. And I was like... 
Here's what I said back to her. I said, oh, really? I said, well, how was your Thursday? And her coworker laughed, just started laughing so loud. I started laughing. I thought I was being funny. You know what I mean? Be a little sarcastic. You're glad because it's Friday. Well, how was your Thursday? And that woman just looked at me. She said, not a word. Rang me up and gave me, get, told me to move on. You know what I'm saying? But I thought I was funny. <laughs> you, you know, oftentimes, when people think about work, it kind of work has this negative undertone. It, it work is kind of viewed from a negative perspective. People lament work. There are actually people that hate work. And I think some of the old songs throughout history portray what people think and feel about work. Like I think about the old school, the Beatles, and they had that song and it went work like a dog, a hard day's night. Or the Bengals dread, it said, another manic Monday. Or I think all of us know this song by Dolly Parton. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taken and no giving. They're just, you just use your mind and they never give you credit. It's enough to drive you crazy if you let it. Nine to five for service and devotion. You would think that I would deserve a fat promotion. What to want to move ahead, but the boss won't seem to let me. I swear sometimes that man is out to get me. They let you dream just to watch him shatter you just a step on the boss man's ladder but you but you got dreams he will never take away that's what a lot of people feel about work right there that describes what a lot of people feel work is oftentimes considered negative in our in, in our culture a prevailing feeling about work and most people a lot of people have this feeling about work is i got to spend half of my life or more than half of my life being unfulfilled, unhappy, and dissatisfied because work is a problem. Work is an issue. There are a lot of people that just work so they can save up for a vacation. They're, 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 they're just working so they can one day retire and leave that horrible job. They, they, they work in order not to work. They're, they're just living for the weekend. Can't wait for the weekend because Monday through Friday stinks. And here's what we learned last week. If you missed last week, it's so critical that you get online and listen to that message or watch that message. Last week, here's what we learned. We learned that God's original plan for humanity was to work. Before sin ever entered our world, God gave the first man and first woman, Adam and Eve, he gave them a job. Before sin ever came, he gave them a job. I want you to understand something about work. Work is not a bad thing. It's actually a God thing. Because God created work when there was paradise, when there was perfection, when there was no sin. Your work is not secular. Your work is sacred. And yet a lot of people don't think their work is sacred. God created work. He wants you to work. There are a lot of people think, well, no, 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 no. There's the sacred on one side, but then there's work on the other side. You know, coming to church is sacred. That's holy. Reading my Bible and praying at home, that's sacred. That's, her, that's holy. Going to their job, that's unholy. That is unholy. I'm just grinding from nine to five, just trying to get a paycheck. 
And that's not true. That's not what God's word, it's not what his word says about work. I want you to hear what God's word says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, and whatever you do, come on, in all of our locations, everybody shout, whatever you do. Oh, you didn't shout it. Come on, shout, whatever you do. I want you to catch it. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you do, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You see, these verses dispel the myth that work is secular. The scripture says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the Lord Jesus Christ. So so understand this. One part of your life is not sacred and another part of your life is not secular. That, that, that's an act. If, you, if you believe that, what that means is that you're going to have you're going to have different values for the sacred and a whole other set of values for the secular. You're going to behave one way with the sacred, but have, behave a totally different way in the in, in the secular. If you believe this, you, you, you believe that certain jobs are sacred and holy and they're really making a difference and they're really advancing the kingdom of God. But these other jobs, they're just secular and I'm just trying to get a paycheck to pay my bills. And I want you to understand that is not what the scripture teaches. There's no such thing as sacred or secular. Listen, whatever you do, if you do it unto the Lord, it is holy. It is secular. God is just as happy and pleased with you if you're waiting tables or if you're a pastor. You say, I don't know about that now, pastor. You sure God, you know, he's happy with me if I'm waiting tables? Yes, if you're waiting tables for the glory of God, God is pleased with you. That job is sacred unto God. You don't get more points for being a missionary over managing a company. You don't get more points in heaven over being a worship leader, over owning your own business. You you don't get more points in heaven of being an evangelist over teaching kids at school. Listen, all jobs, if you do them unto the Lord, if you do them for the glory of God, Every job is sacred and holy. You don't have a second class calling. Whatever you do is sacred if you do it unto the Lord for the glory of God. We have to step, stop allowing the world to define our job and our work. If you allow the world to define your job and your work, you will spend your life chasing after the world's definition and you will miss out on the very fact that your great God has a purpose for your work. God has a purpose for every area of your life, including your work. You're not just working to retire. You're not just working and living for the weekend. No, God has a purpose. Acts chapter 13, verse 36 says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. David lived out his purpose in his generation. I want to ask you a very important and serious question. And I want you to think about it and answer honestly to yourself. Are you living out God's purpose in our generation? Do you even think that way? 
Are you living out God's purpose in our generation? Or are you just living with no purpose and just working nine to five just to make a living? Barely getting by. It's all taken and no given. Or do you realize God has a purpose? He has an assignment for your life. He has a purpose for your work. He has a purpose for every area of your life. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at the life of Ruth today. And we're going to discover that God has a purpose for our work. Ruth was a Moabite woman in the book of Ruth in your Bible. And she married a Jewish man. And the Bible says that Ruth's husband died. The scripture teaches not only that, but her mother, her, her father-in-law died. And, and here is her mother-in-law, Naomi, grieving. Her two sons now have died. Her her husband has died, and, 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 and old Naomi, she is from Bethlehem. She's a Jewish woman. They, they, they moved to Moab about 10 years prior to her husband and her son dying because of a famine back in Bethlehem. And she decides, my husband's dead. Naomi says, I'm going back to Bethlehem to be with my people to go back to my, my, my people. And she tells Ruth, stay here. You're, you're from Moab. You stay with your people. You stay with your tribe. You stay with your family. And Ruth decides, no, I'm going with you, Naomi. I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Uh, my, your God will be my God. I will follow you. And she was committed to take care of her, of her mother-in-law. And so Ruth left her homeland and she moved with Naomi to Bethlehem. And from this story, we see four purposes of work, four purposes of work. For all my note takers, get ready to take some notes. It's going to revolutionize your workplace. Number one is this. Here's the purpose of work to provide for you and your family, to provide for you and your family. The scripture says in Ruth chapter two and verse two, one day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. And what Ruth did when she got to Bethlehem, Ruth went to work in the fields to provide for her, to provide for her mother-in-law. Listen, the Bible very clearly teaches us to work so that we can provide for ourselves and for our families. Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse 10 says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy to work, but busy bodies. And one of God's purposes for work is that you and I would be able to take care of ourselves, to provide for ourselves. I need a little audience help today. Would you turn to your neighbor, look them in their eyes, and just say this to them. Look at your neighbor and say, get a job. Go ahead and do that. Get a job. Go ahead and tell your neighbor. Yeah, get a job. That's a word from somebody. Stop playing Fortnite all day. Stop watching television all day. Get off your social media and get a job. Preach, pastor. I'm trying. Get a job. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse eight says anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. God says if we don't work to provide for those who are in our household, who are in our home, we may not have genuine 
faith. You see, working to provide for our family is a big deal to God. And I can remember when Tiffany and I were about to get married about 22 years ago and engaged and getting ready to get married. And, and I remember I, we, I, I was living in Missouri and I was securing our, our rent house. Our, it was really a, a duplex, kind of an eightplex. And I remember securing the lease with the owner of the property. And man, I didn't know how I was gonna pay for this. Just graduated from college, getting ready to get married. And man, he told me how much it was. He said, yeah, it's about 450, 475 a month. I was like, how much? Man, okay, man, I'm trusting. That was a lot of money back when we got, first got married. I'm like, oh, Jesus, provide Lord. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, and that man said this to me. I like you. He said, Here, here's what I'm going to do for you. He said, if you'll be kind of my maintenance man and you'll pick up the trash and, and, and you'll to change the light bulbs and you'll kind of fix things up when somebody needs it around, around the property. He said, he said, I'm going to knock $125 or so off your, off your, off your rent. And I'm thinking, you, you don't know me. You don't know me like that because maintenance is the last thing I do. I, I try to hit a nail with a hammer. Tiffany got to help me do that. Come on somebody. I, I got soft hands for a reason. These hands are soft for a reason. These hands are for laying hands on people and rebuking the devil. Get out! I can do that! Get out! Maintenance man? You don't know who you're talking to. But I said, yes, I'll do that because brother needed some help with that rent being cheaper. Get that thing down to the 300s because I don't know how I'm going to pay you. So I became the maintenance man with my soft hands because I was serious about providing for my wife and she was going to finish college and I was responsible to pay the bills. I Even the first two or three months of our marriage while I was traveling and preaching full time, I, I would substitute teach for two or three months just to make sure ends would meet. We could pay the bills because I was serious about taking care of my, my wife and then next baby comes, first baby comes, Kel was born and, and I'm thinking, man, what a responsibility to take care of my children and, and man, so we worked, my, Tiffany and I, to take care of our children and thank God we were able to give our children diapers when they needed them most of the time. I'm just playing, church. I'm just playing. They always had diapers and we provided for them because here's what I believe. You got to believe this. I believe this with all of my heart and some of you don't, do not believe this, but you got to start believing this and that is this. There is work beneath the work. I said there is work beneath the work. I believe that God has called Tiffany and I to raise world changers. I believe that our children are going to change the world. I believe they're culture carriers. They're carriers the message of Jesus Christ. I don't believe I'm just putting food on their backs. I don't believe I'm just feeding them. I don't believe I'm just putting a roof over their heads. I believe my greatest contribution to this world will be my four children and they're going to change the nations. Whatever God's called them to do, they're going to be world changers. They're going to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Is there anybody else who's raising world changers? Is there anybody else your kids and your grandkids are going to serve the Lord and make a difference? There's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. I'm not just putting a roof over your head. There's work beneath the work. There's purpose. Number two is this, four purposes of work. Number two is to develop you. It's to develop you. Ruth chapter two and verse eight and nine says, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, 
Stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. So which part of the field they are harvesting? And then follow them. I have warned the young man not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water. They have drawn from the well. I love this. Boaz, the owner of the field, he was teaching Ruth. He was developing Ruth. He was showing her how to be successful at her job. He was telling her which part of the field to harvest. Don't go there. Harvest in this part of the field. Follow them. He was teaching her. He was growing her. Ruth was growing and developing as she worked her job. And I want you to understand God has given you gifts. He's giving you talents and he wants to use your workplace to develop your gifts and to develop your talents so that he can maximize you so that he can use all of your gifts and talents and maximize everything he's put in you for his honor and for his glory. Understand this. You have gifts and talents and God wants to develop you later in this series. I'm going to talk to you about this. I'm going to teach you how you can grow in your skill set and how you can develop so that you can so you can rise up in your company so so that you can get a promotion. I'm going to talk, talk to you about we're going to talk to you about how do you work in a difficult work environment? How can you thrive? How can you be successful even when it's a challenging work environment? We want to equip you. But, but what I want you to understand today is this. God has you where you are at your workplace so that he can develop you to be more like Jesus Christ. God wants to use everything in your life to develop you to be more like Christ, even your workplace. The, the, the fancy word that Christians use would be the word sanctification. That sounds like a good church word, doesn't it? Sanctification. And all that really means is God wants to use things in your life to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. He wants to use your work to make you more like Jesus. Colossians chapter one and verse 10 says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. God wants to use your work. Some of you don't realize this. You don't understand the purpose of work. God wants to use your workplace to develop you, to grow you, to make you more like Jesus Christ. There's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. Who you are becoming is more important than what you're doing. You have to understand there's work beneath the work. You see, God has you where you are because he's trying to develop you. He's trying to mold you. He's trying to shape you. And oftentimes we miss out that there's work beneath the work. Matter of fact, when we meet people, oftentimes we meet somebody for the first time and within two or three minutes of the conversation, we'll say, well, what do you do for a living? Where do you work? Because we place a lot of value on what we do. And it's important what we do. It matters. But understanding the kingdom of God, when it comes to God, our heavenly father, he cares way more about who you're becoming more than what you're doing. There's work beneath the work. And I want to ask you a question. I really want you to think about this. Would you be honest with yourself today? Who are you becoming? At your workplace, who are you becoming? Is your workplace making you bitter or better? Is it making you more mean or more kind, more forceful or more patient, more unforgiving or more forgiving, more rude or more loving, more critical and condescending and cynical or more 
is it making you more helpful? Is it making you more bossy or more of a servant? Who are you becoming? Oh, I just say it's a job, just work. I hate going to this job. Everybody just gets on my nerves. Who are you becoming? See, you, you don't realize one of the purposes of work is God's trying to develop you to be more like Jesus Christ. And you better surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a test. Because God's trying to develop your character. Because who you are becoming is more important than what you are doing. And I think about my life and I think about who I'm becoming because of my work. You know, there are pastors. I've heard pastors say this and really mean it. I've heard pastors say, you know what? Church would be awesome if it wasn't for the people. I'm like, we're here for the people. We're here to minister to the people. But you know what has happened to those pastors? Church can be hard. Work can be hard. And people will hurt you. And they'll talk about you. And they'll leave you. And they'll Facebook about you. And, their, and hearts can get cynical and critical and cold and calloused. And I'm just so grateful that the work that God's doing in me, that today I'm more like Jesus Christ more than any other day in my life, that my work is causing me to be more like Jesus Christ. I'm more kind than I've ever been. I care about people's feelings today more than I, I've ever cared about how people feel. It's who I'm becoming. I, I'm more patient today than I've ever been. And I still got a long ways to go, church. But I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming who God wants me to become because who I'm becoming is more important than what I am doing. One of the purposes of work is God is using it to develop you. Who are you becoming? Number three is this. There's, there's a third purpose of work, a third purpose of work, and that is to bless you, to bless you. Notice in the text in Ruth chapter 2 and, and verse number 12, it says, may the Lord repay you for what you have done. This is Boaz speaking to Ruth. It says, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And Boaz, he's, he's the owner of, of the property of the land. He, he sees Ruth and how she is working hard and taking care of her mother-in-law, left her own land to, to be with her mother-in-law and to provide for her. And he begins to speak a blessing over her life because of her commitment to work hard. And I want you to notice what Ruth's mother-in-law says to her after a long day of work. In Ruth chapter 2 and verse 19, her mother-in-law asked her, where did you go glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one, the, the, the one at, at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked for today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemer. And, 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 and I love this. God brought Naomi so many blessings through her work. She was able to provide for herself. She was able to provide for her mother-in-law. She learned a new skill. She, she was getting favor and, and growing and getting favor and promotion and blessing. She, she, she was making friends. She was making a difference. And she met her husband. She ended up marrying Boaz. I'm curious today. Where are all the single people at in the building? Just lift your hand and keep it up high. Come on, where are the single? Keep it, get, just lift it and keep it high. Now leave it high. Now look around. Everybody look around. All the single folks, look around. Because that might be your spouse right there. I'm here to help you today. My name is Herbert. I'm here to bless you. Don't let them 
church. Your blessings in the house. God wants to bless you through your work, through working hard. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 4 says a sluggard, or that would be a lazy person. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. And friends, God blesses us when we are diligent, when we work hard. God satisfies our desires through our hard work. God wants to bless you through your work. He wants to bless you with accomplishment. He wants to bless you with provision. He wants to bless you with relationship. He wants to bless you with knowledge. He wants to bless you with promotion and open doors. He wants to bless you with opportunities. He wants to bless you with satisfaction and fulfillment. He might even bless you to find your spouse at your workplace. I don't know all the different ways that God wants to bless you through your work, but I know this. God wants to bless your life through your work, through your hard, diligent Work. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4 says, Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. God wants to bless you. Rich by providing more than enough for you and your family. Rich in relationships. Rich with satisfaction. Rich with growth and opportunity and development. Rich with fulfillment. God wants to bless you through your work. And I look at my life and I think about all the different ways God has blessed me through, through work and working hard. Some of my closest friends I work with every single day. It's a blessing. I thank God for Pastor Josh and for Pastor Dwayne and for Pastor Scotty. Some of my closest friends that I open up to, that I'm real with, they're real with me. We talk about life and, and challenges and good times. And I thank God for the blessing that have come through work. I thank God that I get to use my gifts and my talents for the, for the glory of God. I thank God that I get to preach and teach. God, God's, God, God's gifted me to be able to speak. I, I thank God for the gift of leadership that I get to use it. Leadership and management that I get to use The gift of pastoring. I get to use my gifts. I, I thank what a blessing of the Lord. I, I get to raise up sons and daughters of the faith. I get to invest my life into sons and daughters like Pastor Chris and Jamie are Indianapolis campus pastors. They've been with me for 12 years and I've been able to invest my life in, in biblical values and principles that they're living out in their life, raising up sons and daughters of the faith. I, I thank God that I, I get to pastor pastors. You know what that means is your pastor's getting a little old. But I have pastors all around the nation that look to me for leadership that I get to spend time investing in them and coaching them and helping them not experience the same mistakes and avoid some of the mistakes that I made when I first started out. And I get to pour into pastors and pastor, what a blessing. I, I thank God for my church family. I thank God for you, for my church family, that I, what a privilege and an honor to pastor you. What a blessing of the Lord. I, I get to see more changed lives. We see more changed lives. People giving their life to Jesus Christ and being set free in chains and growing closer to Jesus at our church. What a blessing that my work brings. And listen, there's a blessing at your workplace. There's blessing after blessing. You have to open your eyes up and realize God wants to use your workplace to provide for you and your family, to develop you and to bless you. Number four is this. Number four is this. We're talking about the purposes of work from the life of Ruth. Number four is this, to use you. God wants to use you at your workplace. Notice in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 11, Boaz replied, these next five words are key. I've been told about you. I've been told about you, Ruth. 
what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of her husband, how you have left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. You see, the way that Ruth sacrificed, the way that she took care of her mother-in-law, the way that she worked, people took notice. People around Ruth, they were watching how she worked. They, 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 they took notice of her. Ruth made such an impact in her generation. There's actually a book of the Bible named after her that tells her story. Because Ruth made a difference in those fields, taking care of her mother-in-law. Amazing. One of the purposes of work is that you would be a light for Jesus Christ. There's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. God has you at your workplace. You say, Pastor, it's temporary. I don't want to be there the rest of my life. But God has a purpose for you being there that, that you would be light, that you would, you would work in such a way that people would see your work and want to give their life to Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Would you tell him that right now? He's talking about you. You are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. And that's what some of you are doing right now because you don't understand the purpose of work. You're going to work and putting a, 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 a bowl over your light. He said, Pastor, I just come to church and let my little light shine. No. No. You're, you're, you're at your workplace on purpose, on assignment, to let your light shine. He says, instead, they put it on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds, your work, and glorify your Father, in heaven, there's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. Some of you never knew that. You, you, you've never known that one of the major purposes of work is that you would be a light for Jesus Christ. Some of you, you knew that. You're supposed to go to your work and be a light. But you've gotten distracted. You got distracted by work and task and busyness and bills and frustration. And you forgot that one of the major purposes for work is that you would be a light. And so you know what has happened to some of you? You've lost credibility at your workplace because you're just fitting in. You're gossiping like everybody else. You're lying. You're cutting corners and not having integrity. You're showing up late. You're not working hard. You're just trying to just do enough to get by. Just, just want to do enough to get by. Some of you are doing your job well, but you're doing it with a bad attitude. Because you don't realize, you, 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 don't realize, you are there to be a light for Jesus Christ that people would see your life and your work and your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And I want you to understand it's never too late to let your light shine. 
no matter what you've done at work, no matter how much credibility you've got, you, you've lost, it's never too late to say, you know what, God, fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray through today. I'm going to worship through. I'm going to pray through tonight. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to start letting my light shine. When I show up tomorrow, I'm not going to be negative. I'm going to go there and be positive and I'm going to smile. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to do my job well. I'm going to be the hardest worker this company has ever seen. I'm going to have integrity. I'm going to make ethical decisions for the business. Some of you are business owners. Listen, be the light. Give away a portion of your company's money to advance the kingdom of God, to, 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 to get clean water around the world, to support missionaries, to provide for church planners, to, to help the local church, to help homeless people, to, to help orphans in need. Listen, take a portion and give it away. One of our businessmen in our church, that God's blessing in an incredible way, he tells me this a lot. He says, Herbert, I'm called to make as much money as possible so I can give it away to help people. And he does that. He makes a whole lot of money. And he's one of the most generous people that I know. He just gives it away. Be the light. Treat your employees, your coworkers with respect and dignity. Stop lying and gossiping. Don't, don't belittle your coworkers. Be the light. Be the light. Maybe once a month, take a box of donuts to the workplace and say, it's just for you guys. I just want to bless you all. Be a team player. Don't just go to work. It's just about me. It's just about my, no, no, not just me. It's about we. Be the light. Help your boss and your company win. Be the light. Help a struggling coworker. Oh, pastor, I don't care if that coworker does well. I'm not trying to be fooling with you. No, be the light. Help them win. Teach them. Listen to their problem because sometimes somebody's struggling because of what they're dealing with at home. And you be the light. And you pray for them. You listen to their story. And you share your story. Look for every opportunity at work to be the light by sharing your story. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm not talking about taking some big old Bible to, to work and Oh, you need Jesus. You're going to hell. Get right with God. You're weird. Stop it. Just share your story. Somebody struggling to work. Be, you're there to be the light. Tell them how you struggled before. And, and how you gave your life to Jesus. And how he's helped you. And how you're different because of it. And you still struggle today. But the struggle is different because you got peace. You got joy. Share your story. story. Invite them to church. I want you to think about this. When is the last time that you realized that you're the light and you invited a coworker to church? That you look for that opportunity. You're always looking for an opportunity because you know, I'm the light. I'm, the, I'm here to be the light. And when's the last time you say, you know what? I got this like a boss card. We're in a series about work. Man, it's helping me. I think it could really help your life. It's, it's helping me. And we're talking about some important subjects about work. Would you come with me? Would you join me? When, when's the last time that you realize that you are the light of the world and there's work beneath the work? It's more than a paycheck. It's work beneath the work. The goal is that you would show up tomorrow to your workplace. That you would show up every day to your workplace and you would work in such a way that people would see your good deeds and they would say there's something different about her. There's something different about him. I don't know what it is but there's something different. They work so hard. I mean they give everything they got. They got a good attitude. There's something different. Why are you always smiling? Well what's different about why are you working so hard? Why are you making ethical decisions? Why are you doing this? There's something different about you because you're there to be a lot 
light and salt for Jesus Christ. There's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. There's work beneath the work. God wants to use your life. You're there on a purpose. You're there on assignment for God to use you.